1: And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This
3: is Martino Navratilova.
2: I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray.
3: And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Well, hello, welcome to the tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. It is Tuesday, it is about quarter to six in the evening. We have slate grey skies. And it looks very much as though we're not going to get any more play on anything other than centre court, where I suspect we're going to have about a four-hour epic between Svetlana Kuznetsova and Caroline Wozniacki. Myself, David Law, joined by Catherine Whitaker, Simon Briggs from The Telegraph. But very, very nice to have Jonathan O'Vren from the BBC here with us as well for the Hello. first few minutes. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm very well indeed. What was it, 11 years as the BBC's tennis correspondent? How was it? Not that you were counting. (laughs) Uh, It's very good, it's very good. Plenty of
1: entertainment over that time. Not much entertainment here standing in the rain. So nice to bump into you, David, to pass the time.
3: Bumped into me by standing next to me at the start of the show. Jonathan, Andy Murray played his first round match today. You're the man who described his victory at Wimbledon three years ago. Is he a better player now than he was then?
1: Yes, yes. I think uh, he's improved every year. He's looking good. He's in a good nick. Uh, I think what was impressive about winning the ACON Championships at Queen's is to do that off the back of his run at the French Open. That's what impressed me and that's what I never really saw in those 11 years was a really good run at the French, followed by a really good run on the grass. Inevitably there were the years when he'd lose early at Queens. Then something might happen here at Wimbledon. But now you just feel like he's in that in that groove, you know, that winning groove, that refusal to lose early. In a tournament, and I think that will really benefit him here. Uh, the, the 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 Lendl factor.
3: Do you th- uh, Do you actually believe in the Lendl, uh, Lendl yeah, factor? I do, I
1: do believe in the Lendl factor.
3: I know we all joke about it, and Jamie Murray's got his hashtag and everything. Yeah. But I mean, you actually saw him from. I mean, I remember you interviewing him after he won the U.S. Open Juniors, didn't he? And uh, and yet followed the the Mark Petchy years, Brad Gilbert, all of that stuff. Yeah. Did you notice a big difference the moment he came yeah. along?
1: And the rest, the Miles McLaggan era. What a, what an era that was. Uh, here we are. No, absolutely, yeah, the, the Lendl, you do. You, you, can't, you can't but help to respond to him. You know, even when you only come across him in a corridor, you respond to What's him. What's it like to interview? Uh, very hard, very hard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> tricky, tricky, not easy. I, I, might, I might do my Lendl impression now. Shall I do a little? You try to interview me, and I'll be Lendl.
3: So, Ivan, how does it, how's it feel to be back with uh, with Andy Murray? What, what do you intend to bring to the table?
1: I'm not Ivan, I'm Jonathan. So you got that wrong for a start. (laughs)
3: That is pretty much how it is. Uh, Simon Briggs is trying to get a word in edgeways here. Hi, Simon. I was going to say, I, I watched a lot of these interviews because we would always
0: be there hovering with our notebooks with the next slot after Overs had gone in and done Lendl. And it was it was like a battle of wills because he was trying to sneak one in underneath those defences and the, the portcullis would come down and Lendl really relished it. And you seemed to quite relish it as well, but I don't know if that was because you just didn't want to give in and show him you were beaten. <laughs> What do you
3: do when you've got somebody who's just giving you nothing like that?
1: Well, you see, I think that's a bit unfair. I think he did give us some little little information along the way. Not much, but little bits. But he'd always smile, you know. He'd give the answer and then he'd do a little smile as if to say, hmm, either I've got you there or work that one out or I've told you nothing. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it was tricky. But uh, going back to what you you were saying originally... Yeah, you can't help but be affected by just the way he is, even in just everyday, everyday life, everyday occurrences. So, relate that to a practice court and a match day, and there is absolutely no way that Murray is not a better player. For having Lendo around,
3: you're commentating here for BBC Television. What, what what have you been up to today? Have you actually managed to get a match yes. in this weather?
1: Yes, got a match in. Completed a match, which was good. Which was, Vavrinka uh, beating Fritz in well, four. What did days. you think of those two? Yeah, it was good to good to see Fritz because obviously, 18 years of age, youngest man in the draw, ended last year as the the world junior number one. He's going to be good. I, I do think he's going to be good. Um, 18 years of age, big future. Obviously, when you're 18 these days. You've still got a few years, I think, until you can really make a serious impact. But already he's inside the world's top 65, so that's pretty good going. Vavrinka looks a different man and has done for two and a half years since winning his first slam, uh, as as we were both there in Melbourne, David, when he won the Australian Open (laughs) in 2014. But he's still prone to inconsistency. He's still prone to lapses in concentration. There were a few of those today. Should have won that match in straight sets, but just let Fritz back in inexplicably and if I were Magnus Norman and Richard Krychek watching on I wouldn't be happy about that because Vavrinka's in probably the best quarter of the draw I would say should be in the semi-finals but any lapses of concentration like that against uh, more experienced players and he might find it tricky
3: it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Simon Briggs, Catherine Whittaker here with us. Simon, just quickly, we, we, we didn't get to speak to you yesterday because you were writing your mammoth Marcus Willis <laughs> piece. Uh, what, what have you
0: found out? No, it wasn't the mammoth one, actually. The mammoth one was written by Daniel Johnson, who is normally our Formula One correspondent, but, but uh, this was a human story, I think. So it was a, one that, that you know, a good sports writer like Daniel, he did really well with it. I just did a little comment piece on the side, uh it's amazing i mean i think in this week of all weeks when a lot of us are feeling pretty gloomy about life it all actually adds to the willis story it's like everybody in the whole country
3: have have seized on this as the only good thing to happen in the uk in the last seven days it is an extraordinary story. We were going over it yesterday, Catherine. Uh, we, we, we've, we've heard that his, his coach has been speaking to people today. Did anybody actually get to speak to his coach? Well, again, I'm, I'm not doing the story tomorrow either, but uh, Dan Schofield spoke to his coach, uh,
0: Matt Smith, who has an interesting backstory himself. He was uh, the best under-14 player in the world and even beat Andy Murray a couple of times as a junior. So I think the conversation wasn't too much about that, but obviously uh, the Willis story. I just speak to Chris Eaton, actually, who who was talking about when he uh, came through qualifying and pre-qualifying here, uh, won his first-round match, played Dmitry Tursunov, and he said when he went out there, he he actually, for his big match on court number one, he said, "I, I felt more
3: nervous doing my driving test. So uh, hopefully Willis will be the same tomorrow. Well, what I enjoyed, Catherine, was uh, hearing Roger Federer talking about being up against Marcus Willis, and you could see that that sort of inquisitive nature of Federer coming out and the, the mischievousness of, of him, how he enjoys taking on a guy who looks like he's basically come off a park court.
2: Well, not just enjoys. He said, I feel privileged to be a part of this special story. I mean... What what Marcus Willis must have thought reading those quotes that Roger Federer feels privileged just to be playing a small cameo role in the story of in the fairy tale that is Marcus Willis I mean that is just extraordinary and, and he said, you know this is one of one of the greatest stories in recent recent years and and as Simon says, in the context of what a miserable time this country seems to be having uh, it's just so very welcome isn't it and that yeah all these developing facets to the story like matt smith his coach and like you know everybody's fixated on his girlfriend who seems to have well, so goes the narrative seems to be the one that spurred him on to make this last quest for wimbledon glory and uh, yeah, so it's it's all down to her apparently
3: yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a nice story if you have you ever seen the terrible movie Wimbledon
1: Oh yeah yes yes I think I even watched it twice just to check <laughs> it was as bad as I thought it was
3: but I mean really it, it's it feels as though it has just followed. The script. I remember when they filmed it, the, the the segment at Wimbledon here, and they they stopped one of the matches just so they could film the moment that Peter Colt <laughs> came out of the locker room. Yes, yeah. so th- that was on
1: one of the uh, outside courts to, to the, on the south side, wasn't it? And uh, sort of pretended it was center court. It <laughs> all came together. But now, I mean, it's a it, it is a ridiculous story because I remember almost ten years ago being out in Australia. You might remember David. One day. We were chatting to one of the British coaches and he said, oh, it's been a bad morning. Why, why is that? Uh, we've had to send one of the boys home. Why? What, what was the problem? Uh, it was something to do with leaving his rackets at the hotel ahead of a practice session. And that turned out to be Marcus Willis. But great to hear him admitting as yeah, He just calls himself a loser. A loser. He said, I was a loser. Well, yeah, <laughs> I suppose you were, mate. Okay. But well done. you have all been there. And, but the, 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 Federer, the Federer smirk is intriguing, isn't it? I mean, how much of that do you think is because you know that he's got a chance of now winning a love, love and love match on centre court? <laughs> that, that's probably part of it, isn't it, isn't it? We're knowing Roger? D-
3: d- see, I don't agree. No. I, 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 think, I think that he genuinely, genuinely loves these kind of stories. Well, it's I think good he'd...
1: for tennis, isn't it? It's good for tennis, and yeah, he can see that.
3: I think he's just curious about it all.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he'd have had any um, more trouble with Barankis... Then he will do with Willis, who who has a, a really good serve when it's firing and is unpredictable. Uh, what will be interesting is um, how the, the crowd responds, because Federer has never had less than 50% support on centre court in my experience, not even when he's playing Andy Murray. So, uh, will he have a bit of a of a headwind on in in the audience? Uh, can I just in, interject with one? Uh, Uh, nerdy stat, I love a nerdy stat about Wimbledon the movie, Uh, Dominic Inglot was Peter Colt's
3: body double wasn't he? Really? I never knew that. Jonathan Overham with the sarcasm there. Uh, Live at Wimbledon Studios today Catherine, I know that you have had uh, Goran Ivanovic on a daily basis in the studio there He turns out he is the hero of Marcus Willis and and actually congratulated Willis after victory yesterday. Have you uh, spoken to Goran about that yet?
2: I have. I understand that a selfie exists of Goran and Marcus together. It was taken for the pleasure of Marcus's mother, who is the world's biggest Goran Ivanovic fan, as I understand it. At the moment, it's just in her personal collection. I have tweeted Marcus Willis and asked him to share this photo with the world because I think we all want to see it.
3: Without reply so far.
2: Without reply. He's a busy man. I'm not taking it personally. He's
3: got a fair bit on his plate. What else has happened in the live at Wimbledon studios today? Who else has been on before the rain came down? Do you, what happens when it really when it gets apocalyptic like it did about an hour ago? Do, do you all run for cover? <laughs>
2: We're doing some quite spectacular filling, David, because uh, rights-wise we're only able to show one game per set per match, and usually in the first week that's that's a real joy because you're jumping around from court to court and you're getting that real... It's almost the experience of having a grounds pass at the tennis, which in the first week is fantastic. You can get a flavour of this edition of the tennis podcast is sponsored by tennis channel and tennis channel plus is the place to watch the french open they've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart tv both in hd matt this sounds like your kind of thing
0: yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of
2: aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Lenglen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history.
3: Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam the strategy of the clay court tennis the way it challenges players and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players i cannot wait
2: be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on monday may the 20th subscribe to tennis channel plus to stream daily coverage of roland garros use promo code tennis pod 20 for 20% off your annual subscription absolutely everything but when the rain comes down, it's tough because, you know, one game per set per match from the one match that's going on doesn't get you very far. And uh, so, yeah, lots of featurey stuff, lots of Goran Ivanovic telling stories of 2001, which never seem to get old. Lots of Teletubbies
3: <laughs> inevitably came up.
2: Teletubbies inevitably comes up. In fact, he's, he's compared his story a little bit to that of Marcus Willis in the sense that he had very nearly given up playing professional tennis before he went on that 2001 run, you know, that that story actually starts at the Australian Open in 2001 when he was stuck out on court, what he calls it to court 250 for qualifying almost couldn't find the court, almost decided I can't be bothered because he actually couldn't find the court he was supposed to be playing qualifying on and then he rocks up to play a warm-up event in Brighton, smashes all his rackets, gets defaulted for insufficient equipment, ends up having to play, if he had won that match he wouldn't have had to play qualities at Wimbledon, ends up getting a wild card the rest is history
0: awesome. You, you see, that, that story definitely has a better script than Wimbledon the movie, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they should just have done a, a, a factual biopic on that rather than <laughs> invent Lizzie Bradbury, the the, the the kind of rather tedious American junior or whatever she was.
2: Goran's obviously put too high a price on the script rights, obviously. Yes,
3: unquestionably. Serena Williams victorious today in her first round match. Pretty competitive for a bit, but she went through easily enough. What else have we been watching today? Johanna Cont has played a set and then had to scarper and looking at the skies I mean there, there, there could be a bit of a backlog the next couple of days do you think
1: yeah maybe of course this early in the tournament you've got you've got the time to to make up the ground as it were and they won't even be thinking about a, a reserve day yet forecast for Wednesday isn't great so you know if we get to Thursday and uh, we are be- severely behind then that that, that that might come into play uh, yeah, but Conta, you know, great to see her here. Seated, of course, isn't it? And, I mean,
3: could you have, ever imagine no. that? I mean, you would have covered her early part of her career.
1: No, no, would not have imagined that. So so great work uh, at the US Open and the Australian Open, of course, from her to be seated here. Um, I know Alexander Zverev uh, is, is battering Paul-Henri Mathieu. So he's definitely one to watch, I think. Uh, a year older than Taylor Fritz, 19, but six foot six and. Golly, he's going to be be some player, David, isn't he?
3: He is. And the other one uh, who obviously is rich in potential, but a bit bonkers as well, isn't it, Kyrgios? Uh, He won through in four sets. Slightly aggro-free, which I was disappointed about, Simon. Yeah,
0: there was a... Bit of an ebb and flow in the middle of the match. He did get a, a, a warning for like behaviour, didn't he? Oh, good. He also did a tweener lob as well for a clean winner. Did you see that? No, I think he did. did uh, yeah. check some of the um, the official checklist for for Nick Curios matches. There were a few of the of the usual tropes were in there. Yeah.
1: The lob winner was unbelievable. What a great shot that was. By the way, um, ahead of the Vavrinka Fritz match, the umpire was Carlos Ramos, who you know, David was going through the, the, the normal protocol at the net and Hawkeye this and tie-break sets that and the coin toss. And he said to them both, and no damaging the court and no naughty words. And I thought, I've never, I've never, I've never heard an umpire say that to anyone before. I thought, is this new protocol that's coming? No damaging the court. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what,
3: what, why? What's going to happen? I, I've heard it, I think, twice before. And actually, the other, the other time was today. Right. Mohammed Leani said something similar to Stepanek and Kyrgios before their match. Not wow. not the court bit, but certainly the language. Okay. Well, well, maybe.
1: Well, they've either identified certain potential troublemakers because I know Vavrinka had a little bit of a thing going on in the practice courts uh, before the tournament, and obviously Kyrgios has a history of uh, a bad behaviour warning. So, so yeah, maybe there's something sort of been written into the rules this year that no
0: one's told us about. It, it, it has been the um, highest penalties in the last couple of years have been for people who've whacked the court and caused a dent in it. But I don't so think it, that's
2: due to lack of familiarity with the rules regarding on-court profanities <laughs> somehow. I don't think it's because anybody it needs to be reminded. Well, yeah. I suppose it's it can't hurt.
3: You now see we're paper standing paper. outside the press office there here. Now messages. let's see what they're going to tell us. To before too long, So for the moment the covers are staying on. Bring you another update in a short while. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. you, thank you telling us absolutely and the, nothing.
1: And, and the gift shop is that way, and <laughs> the strawberries can be purchased there, 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 and there.
3: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, what else have, have we been watching today, Catherine? Another British winner tara moore who uh i think you think did pretty well in nottingham didn't she recently
2: yeah i watched a fair bit of her in nottingham where she reached the quarterfinals and played some really good tennis it's a week for the rogues isn't it for the outcasts of of the british tennis scene and uh, yeah i thought i thought she was fantastic really really engaging you know really interesting to interview certainly uh, not someone that that follows the script in any way she's she's quite small, you know, she's of the Dominika Sibylkova mould of tennis player low centre of gravity, but she really packs a punch on those ground strokes and uh, yeah it's exciting, it's exciting to see her win a match.
3: Jonathan, we'll just get a, a little prediction from you for the rest of the tournament. Who's going to end up occupying the semi-final spots in the men's draw, do you think? Do you, can you see anybody stopping the obvious? <sighs> uh, which whose quarter is Veravin? Oh, that's that's a question I don't know the answer the to, but I, but I know time what you is off,
1: mean. Simon's off to get a draw. Well, I, I, okay. Well, while he's doing
3: that, let's just film. Jo- Djokovic. The fact that
2: you're asking that question, though, Jonathan, is very telling. You yeah. think you think draw permitting, well, I'm, I'm thinking, he has a good chance of getting to the quarters. I'm thinking.
1: Vavrinka's the seeded player in his quarter, right? So he's the number four seed. I saw Vavrinka today. He was all right. He was seven seven and a half out of ten. Some can't find the page. One more page, son.
3: I heard a comparison between uh, Zverev and a young Borg yeah, the young other day. Borg,
1: Borg, but but how many other people do you want to to mould into that as well? There's a bit of Borg. There seems to be a bit of Becker. There's a bit of Karlovic. I mean, there's a bit of quite a few players in there. So I'm going to say Djokovic is going to make it. You see, he's in, so he's in Vavrinka's quarter. So there we go. So I'm going to mix that up a bit by saying it's going to be Djokovic. It's going to be Murray. It's going to be Zverev, and who's going to come through Federer's quarter? Probably not Federer. Probably. You, logic would say probably not Federer.
3: I would say Federer. So but I don't necessarily I'm going logic. to
1: say Federer. So I'm going to go
3: Djokovic, Djokovic, Federer, Zverev, Murray. Yeah, it's all right. You, you, you can copy me, Jonathan. Put, put That's that on fine. your toast. Put that on my toast. I will do. Um, so, w- women's. Are you interested in that? Yeah, go for that as well. Yeah. Okay. Just, just checking. Yeah.
1: It's very good this tennis podcast. I do listen, by the way. Just Clearly, just making sure the balance is right. Um, Serena, definitely Serena. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go
3: for Conta in the semi-finals. Muguruza, Muguruza, and Madison Keys. Okay, Jonathan O'Friend, former BBC tennis correspondent, now BBC. Tennis commentator on the telly. It's out there. It's out there. Jonathan has made a cameo that has lasted 19 minutes here on the Tennis Podcast, which is the entire show. We don't have an order of play for tomorrow yet because it's raining and they're delaying stuff. And uh, we've got the John McEnroe show to do fairly shortly. So we've just sort of crowbarred the edition of the Tennis Podcast into all of that. Uh, Catherine, uh, are we going to get any play tomorrow outside the centre court? You are the person who knows about the weather.
2: None of the apps say so. Usually you can always find one weather app, which will give you a slightly more optimistic forecast, uh, and nobody seems to have identified one that is doing so for tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to be pessimistic about tomorrow and hope to be pleasantly surprised. But, uh, yeah, I think we could be uh, facing a little bit of a backlog come Thursday.
3: And, Simon, what are we going to be reading about in the Telegraph tomorrow? Marcus Willis again. (laughs) You cannot get too much of a good story. That's it. Just, it's basically the Marcus, uh, Marcus Willis sort of supplement. Has anything else happened at this Wimbledon yet? I don't think it has, has it? No, Andy Murray has taken a bit of a back seat, let's be honest. Even he's enjoying the Marcus Willis story. Uh, from Catherine Whitaker, Simon Briggs, Jonathan Overend, and myself, David Lord, thanks for listening to us here on the Tennis Podcast. We'll speak to you soon.